the Huntley Baptist Church podcast. We hope that this message can be an encouragement to you today. Please feel free to contact us at huntleybaptist at extra.co.nz or visit us at huntleybaptist.com. Hebrews 3.14 says, For we have become partakers of Christ if we hold fast the beginning of our assurance firm until the end. In primary school at Horsham Downs, I used to get into silly arguments about tractors. Hard to believe, I know. But um, my only friends were very pro Massey Ferguson. And I was a Fordson man. And we'd spend lunchtimes debating the merits of one or the other. We didn't get out much. (laughs) (laughs) Next thing, it was Honda versus Yamaha. Once motorbikes became a thing on farms. And uh, this weekend at Bathurst, the final rivalry between Ford and Holden cars is being fought out on the Mount Panorama track. And fans will be glued to their screens on both sides of the Tasman, watching lap after lap of V8 torture before one or other is declared superior. This event has split up families, best friends, and even marriages, I believe, if one or other backs the wrong brand. And the most hardcore fans may even celebrate this final showdown with a new tattoo to add to the ones already displaying their loyalty. All, all this is ridiculous, isn't it? And it all proves that although technology's advancing, men's hearts are still naturally drawn to foolish comparisons. The writer of Hebrews is charged with a similar dilemma as he, or perhaps she, we don't know, can't be sure, uh, navigates strongly held views as to which was better, the old or the new covenant that God made with his people. Most likely written uh, to believers in Rome around 70 AD, many Jewish converts Converts to Christ were being tempted by the threat of persecution to deny Christ and return to the former practices of the old covenant. The fact that Hebrews is written primarily to Jewish Christians unlocks much of this teaching in this fairly lengthy letter. The writer uses gentle persuasion rather than forceful language to encourage the readers to not turn back to an inferior covenant. And their reason for giving up could well be that Jerusalem was still, uh, Judaism, sorry, was still legal in Rome, whereas Christ followers were, uh, were coming under intense pressure to deny their faith by the Roman Caesar Nero. So persecution threatened both groups, really, but Judaism was still legal in Rome, whereas the Gentile believers were sort of on their own. 
And uh, this is why there's such a huge focus in this letter on staying true, holding on, not giving up. So chapter 3 begins with the words, Therefore, holy brethren, partakers of a heavenly calling, consider Jesus the apostle and high priest of our confession. So I've called this message a high calling, a high calling. The term holy brethren was a Jewish term, uh, really uh, speaking of uh, you know, their connection and, and community, uh, to win them over. He wanted to win the Jewish believers over, followed up, by the invitation of Jesus to a higher calling or revelation than the old covenant. The word consider, it's not a strong word. The approach here, I think, from this, the writer is to identify with his readers and, and to win them over simply by the merits of Christ rather than to scold them for unbelief. My mother used to say, a man convinced against his will is still of the same opinion. <laughs> in other words, something needs to happen in the heart before real change happens to a person's opinions. Amen? That still applies today. If you're trying to win someone over, perhaps a family member, someone at work, don't. Don't argue. Don't argue them into the kingdom. It doesn't work. Just love them and pray for a change of heart. Okay, so let's turn to uh, Hebrews 3 and let's read verse 1 to 6. Ready, read. Therefore, holy brethren, partakers of a heavenly calling, consider Jesus the apostle and high priest of our confession. He was faithful to him who appointed him, as Moses also was in all his house. For he has been counted worthy of more glory than Moses by just so much as the builder of the house has more honor than the house. For every house is built by someone, but the builder of all things is God. Now Moses was faithful in all his house as a servant for testimony to those things which were to be spoken later. But Christ was faithful as a son over his house, whose house we are, if we hold fast our confidence and the boast of our hope firm until the end. Last week I shared uh, that I believe this letter to the Hebrews is actually a prophetic word for the church in 2022. The times we are, are now in call for faith and courage. As Mark prayed, you know, this is not the time for hand-wringing and despair, but for action and prayer. We could so easily give up on our vision. Just because of the chaos we see happening all around the world and general discouragement. But by faith, something eternal can still happen. We can still make a difference by faith, by getting hold of faith and applying it 
to hear. While many Christians have opted out, we need to opt in. We are partakers of something very big, something eternal, where the stakes are high because the calling is high. It's a high calling, folks. If we have bowed the knee and we believe in our heart and call Jesus Lord, then we're on an assignment for none other than the King of Kings, who is our Apostle and High Priest. Under the Old Covenant, these two roles, Apostle and High Priest, were held by different people. An Apostle was basically an ambassador who brought God's message and direction to the season at hand. The high priest was a mediator who stood in for the people before God with prayers and sacrifices. So the high priest oversaw the burnt offerings and all of that for the pardon of both the people and his own sin. And so to sum up, one brings messages down, the other takes prayers up. Verse 1, verse 1 tells us that Jesus is both ambassador or apostle and our high priest. And, and this was a stumbling block for many Jews because for century only members of the Levite family could be priests. And Jesus came from the line of Judah, naturally speaking. But supernaturally, God, through the virgin birth, had laid every anointing upon his only begotten son. What about us believers? I believe by being, a, being you know, born again into Christ, which is why I had that music play. It just, it just was worship for me. We too receive gifts that are unique and they're tailor-made for us. And they're not reliant on our parents, our birth parents, our status in life. Those gifts are not reliant on our genealogy or our place in, the, in, in a family order. In fact, God seems to, to delight in promoting the lowly, the one least obvious, and the ignoble, ignoble in order to do noble tasks. We only have to look at David. Gideon, Jacob, and Esther, and even old Peter, to see that he chooses ignoble people to do noble tasks. There were other major challenges slash changes for the Jews as they came to accept Christ. The old sacrifices used to have to be repeated and again and again and again for sin. The new sacrifice was once. And for all, Jesus just died once. The old priests were on one side. The one priest, Jesus, is now sufficient. The old sanctuary had its closed tabernacle. And the new sanctuary has its open throne. In Christ, we can come into the holy of holies through worship. Hallelujah. What an amazing new superior covenant. The writer of Hebrews is essentially saying, why would you ever want to go back there? You know, so there's a bit of persecution. Whatever the cost, 
Whatever persecution comes as a result, hang in there. Keep going because Christ is enough and he's our everything. It's easy to look back, you know, and glorify the past before we knew Christ. When life was simple, you do this, you get that, you know. But I want to warn you this morning, there's nothing back there. It's easy to forget the guilt, the loneliness and the futility. And in our dark moments, it's tempting to fall back. But once you really know Jesus, you're ruined for the ordinary. There's only one way that satisfies, and that's the way of the cross. You know, a lot of people say, oh, well, you know, onward and upward, keep trucking. (laughs) But really in Christ, the way up is the way down to humility and surrender. During the first lockdown, 2020, I got a taste of life with no meetings, no visitors, no interruptions, no one borrowing stuff, almost no phone calls, no church, no fellowship, and just limited practical serving. And I thought, is this how it is for most people in my community, my neighbours? On top of that, (laughs) I just happened to be on steroids, (laughs) coming off cancer treatment. (laughs) Man, was I on fire. 14-hour days, (laughs) being an essential worker. (laughs) One night Amy saw lights coming across the paddock in the distance and she said, Darren, what's that? He says, ah, it's just Dad coming home, (laughs) finishing work. (laughs) And uh, Aaron turned up on our back door with a young fellow who'd been uh, away on a mission trip. I don't know how he ended up at Aaron and Amy's, but he was at a bit of a loose end. And uh, he came down and I said, oh, it's great to see you. Do you want to come in for coffee? Yeah, do you want to watch a movie or something? Aaron said, Dad, it's 10 to 11. (laughs) (laughs) So I might have had steroids and been going all hard out, but my soul was dying. It was drying up. And the lack of people contact was costly. As time has proved, spiritually, lockdowns were a disaster. We are not as resilient as we think. In verse 2, we see that Moses was really, really esteemed among the Jews as God's ambassador, as one who was trusted with bringing the law. We'd say now here in New Zealand that he had huge mana. But the writer then likens him to the building and Jesus as the master builder in verse 3. The builder has far superior honour than the building. Moses was the apostolic leader and Aaron was given the priestly role. We each have a role to play in this spiritual building. But Christ is head over all. If we're part of this wonderful building, then we too are priests. 
We can have our sins forgiven directly through Christ. We have authority over our, our health, our family. We can turn curses into blessings. And we can now enter the holy of holy ourselves and inherit all the blessings that Christ earned for us at Calvary in Jesus' name. 1 Peter 2.9, if we can pop that slide up, says, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of the darkness into his marvelous light. Wow. How awesome. Isn't it to be God's own possession, a royal priesthood, and a chosen race? Because God doesn't make junk. What God makes and what he does is excellent. So through Christ, we now get to call Dad and hang out with him any time. And that makes us royalty. For the first century Jews, there was a mountain of tradition to overcome, to receive Christ. But they also had a lot to gain from this new covenant. Why would they want to stick with a rusty, unreliable Ford Mondeo when they could drive anywhere, anytime in a Rolls Royce? The new covenant was way far superior and still is. So my challenge today, are you struggling to accept the freedom of this new covenant? Are you still trying to earn your salvation? Maybe you're dealing with some other big choices and challenges. And perhaps it's, it's your identity or some relationship. I know when I was 18, I, I didn't know who I was. It took a while. I used to struggle to relate to the high priest concept and ignored these verses. I, I didn't kind of click into this high priest thing. But as I've meditated on it, I've, I've come to appreciate the fact that Jesus is the ultimate high priest because he came. He came. You know, Air New Zealand was right. Being there is everything. He came to earth as a human. Jenny and I just went to our first All Blacks match live. They were metres away just a few weeks ago. Just only ever watched them on telly. We came to this realisation that being there is everything. On Friday I went to watch rally cars. And you can't explain to anyone what it's like until you've been there. The stones hitting you. <laughs> well, not quite. It's all health and safety now. <laughs> yeah. The whistles, the helicopters, the screaming engines. It's, yeah, you've got to be there. Anyway, but Jesus was here. He can fully relate because he suffered as we suffer he was tempted as we are he was lonely he was rejected 
He had false accusations galore thrown at him and persecution. Add to that, he gave a name to love. He gave love a name in a dog-eat-dog society. He listened and he showed kindness to those society rejected. He showed justice to the poor, to the impoverished, the orphan and the widow. He broke social norms and he gave women dignity. I now love the fact that he personifies what an ambassador and a high priest looks like. Free of corruption in a broken world. Praise God for Jesus. Why do we settle for scraps when we can receive nourishing, fresh daily bread from Jesus? Why do we drink from a stale old pond figuratively when we can be refreshed with a cool, that cool living water that he provides? You know, arguments based on personal preferences or comparing ourselves with others, which the Bible tells us not to do, and taking offence, which we're warned about, and the many other distractions we face on, on, a, on a day-to-day basis, they will all one day cease. And they'll just simply pale in comparison at the revelation of Jesus. When we have the revelation of Jesus, we won't want to compare him with anything. He'll be our ambassador and high priest. So what changes when, we, when, we bec- when he becomes our ambassador and high priest? What changes when we repent and confess sin? Our high priest performs, he petitions Father God on our behalf. That's what changes. He stands in the gap. He takes our, our, our stuff, our you know, crap, and then he, he, he gives us a recommendation to the Father. He bridges the gap. He applies his sacrificed life to our sin, and then he prays for us continually. The Bible says Jesus prays for us. Isn't that awesome? That's what changes when he becomes our high priest. That alone is incredible and worthy of our highest praise. Amen. So let's just simply thank him and thank him and thank him and then be a priest to others. Amen. God, we just thank you for this new superior covenant that was in your heart before the world began. The law shows us how much we need a saviour. Jesus came in person to be that saviour. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for all these promises and blessings. But we know, God, you're still with us too in our challenges. Help us to just, yeah, overcome them, knowing and keeping our eyes on on the prize, the, the high calling, this high calling of God to be a blood-bought child of the living God. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Huntley Baptist Church Podcast. We hope that it has been an encouragement to you. 
please feel free to contact us at huntleybaptist at extra.co.nz or visit us at huntleybaptist.com.